Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. I want to continue here. I was blessed by last week. I hope you guys are blessed as well. And um, I want to continue from the week before. We're just we're not going to change the subject necessarily. I want to continue on opportunity uh, twenty twenty one today. And um, I have a lot of different things that I would like to share, and we'll see how we could get into it. Um, but if you remember, two weeks ago we we jumped into this, and uh, we we jumped into. Sp- uh, Specifically, uh, uh, the, the title was Take on the Task. How many of you remember that? That was two weeks ago. I know two weeks is a long time. But we talked about take on the task. And we said that opportunity, the definition, when Omar opened this up, he gave the definition as well. And the definition for opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. How many of you remember that? All right. A set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. And we jumped into opportunity um, on week one, and, and, and we jumped on it again on week two. And I shared this message, and I said, take on the task. Take on the task. And the, we, we, we jumped around in, in, in Romans chapter one and, and so forth. And we even got into some of Paul's writings in Galatians and Ephesians. And you have to go back, and you need to listen to those messages. Maybe someone's going to be watching this. And it's important that they're on like the fourth week of opportunity, but to try to go to the beginning and and really put all the the pieces of the puzzle together and really hear what God is speaking um, to his people. But one of the things that we did two weeks ago was we, we, we stayed or we sat in a passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And I, and I want to kind of just give like a quick summary or, or just um, pick up where we left off, but rewind a little bit just to make sure that if there was anything forgotten, that you can remember it today um, as we continue on with, with today's uh, message in this opportunity, uh, 2021. How many of you can say amen? Amen. amen. And, and we looked at Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and, and it shows us, I said, the importance, remember this, of us going forward with good judgment. We, t- we talked about that, with good sense. Um, if we're going to gain anything, we need to have good judgment, good sense going forward. But realizing that as we do, uh, there was, there's always going to be an amount of risk. How many of you in your faith have encountered experience in the walk with Christ that there's risks that are taken? That, that the Lord is, is it's, it's faith. It's, it's a place of faith where you have to take that risk and know, wait, God is with me. God's going to watch me through this. God's going to walk alongside, or I'm going to walk alongside him. And that is the beauty about our faith. That is the beauty about our relationship with the Lord. And, 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 and we said this, that, that we believe that the risk that we're talking about here can cause one to miss or run away from the opportunity. Or another thing it could do, it can cause you to find the right sense in how you take on that opportunity, regardless of the risk. And, and, and it all depends where you're at right now in life and where your faith is at and, and where your walk is. And I pray that the Lord has been challenging you with opportunity 2021. If, he, if he's not, then maybe we're not opening up our hearts fully. Maybe we're not really, really receiving the word and what it's speaking to us. But I believe that, and if you have not caught this, that we are living in the greatest time and in the, in the, in the greatest opportune time for, to do great things for the kingdom of heaven. 
I mean, this is a beautiful time. The field is set for us to be a voice. A field is set for every single one of you to be missionaries here in your own city, in your own families. We're all called out to the mission field. And I think, I think this is it, man. We're right there. What a, beautiful, what a beautiful mission field we have right there. Just open up your door or look within your closed doors. It's there. There is a beautiful mission field. And you're like, oh, I just wish God could send someone to speak. And, and, and the reality is you're being sent. This is your time, your opportune time. This is opportunity time uh, for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We read Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and we're, we're, we read verses, I think we actually stopped like at verse 4, but we were trying to get through 1 through 10. And I'm, I'm going to start from the beginning again. If you're there, amen, turn there. If you're not, in, the chap, in chapter 11 of this book, we started to read, and it says, where he writes, he says, Send your grain across the seas, and in time profits will flow back to, back to you. Hopefully you're remembering this. Divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Verse 4, farmers who wait, perfect, who wait for the perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. And, and we looked at this where... Where, we're, where there might be a people that are, are, are in this moment and they're just trying, they're, they're reading the skies and, and they're trying to decode the time that we're in. You, you know anyone like that? We're just decoding the times. I saw the funniest post about, oh, look, we're living in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to get into that stuff because it deals with politics in the sense of like that it's just dumb, whether I agree with it or not. But I saw someone put a post up and it says, look, we're living in the, I'm not saying we're not living in the end times, but, but that, Weird people out there. That's all I gotta say, bro. The, the 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 verse that they were using had nothing to do with the picture. Just because there was one coincidence, it doesn't make sense. We have to be very careful. Everyone's trying to decode the time. And just do what you have to do with during this time. Just be ready. Make sure your your lamp is full of oil. We we spend so much time decoding the time that our lamp is running out of oil, and we're like, oh, we gotta pay attention to the most important things. Because some of those things we have no control of. But what I need to have control of is the things that I'm responsible to and responsible in. And make sure that I'm pleasing the Lord and I'm advancing the kingdom of God. So in this world and in this moment, this is what I have to do. And I got to make sure I do it right for the things of God. In the things of God. And then that's the truth. Stop trying to read the sky. Stop trying to necessarily decode everything. And just try to figure out, like, what is it that God is calling you to do in this time? You're going to go crazy. Trust me. I have gone crazy. And I've had to say, no, I can't allow myself to go crazy. This is not of God. This is not of the Lord. He does not want us to get like this. Amen. There is fruit to bear in this age, I said. For the glory of his name, for the work of his kingdom, a hope to be made alive. Make hope Alive. Many are trying to put it to death. But guess what? It will never die. It will never die. Hallelujah. We read in verse 5, it says, Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a baby, tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, or as one translation says it, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who was a child. Verse 5, so you cannot understand the activity of God. You can't understand the activity. I love that. If where I heard one preacher say that the Lord looks at us and says, if you only can see what I'm, what I'm doing. 
So you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Verse 6, he says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you do not know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. Just do what you have to do. Plant seed. Keep busy in the afternoon. Keep busy in the morning. For what? The harvest will come. There is a harvest. You don't know when the profit will come, when the harvest will come. Maybe it will come in both. But, but do what you're responsible to do. How many of you have a responsibility? How many of you know that the Lord is calling you for this time and he's giving you great opportunity to do things for his kingdom? All right. Amen. We jumped into the book of Ezra. I'm not going to get into that necessarily. But remember Ezra, when the crowds came up to him, you need to do something about this. You came over here and you came back to do what God called you to do. But now it's your responsibility. Remember that? Arise to the matter, Ezra. It's on you now. We, we, but guess what? We're with you though. But take good courage and do it, they told Ezra. And Ezra's like, what? I wasn't even here. I didn't even cause this. And we talked about how we could do the same thing. And the Lord is saying, yeah, but, but I'm calling you for this time. And he rebuilds the altar of God, and we know that Nehemiah is involved in that as well as he leads, the, 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 I guess, his army there, if you want to call it that, to rebuild and save Jerusalem. Two men that took on the opportunity, two men that took on the task, regardless of high risk, their faithfulness in God's opportunities brought them what? Good reward, fruitful rewards. Amen? Let's keep reading. And this is where we left off last time we, got, we were together. And um, I want to start in verse 7. And we're in the same book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And he goes on to say this. As Solomon writes here, he says, Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Is what he's kind of come to the conclusion of as he studies the world. How many of you like... King Solomon have studied the world, have looked into the world. Maybe you looked into the world from a medical perspective or from science, from a scientific perspective. Maybe you looked at it from a sports, athletic perspective. Maybe you looked at it from whatever way you um, sought and did your homework on studying this earth and the inhabitants of it. Have you come to the conclusion in which Solomon writes and he says, this very thing, and he says it not just here, but repeatedly, he repeats it all throughout his writing here in Ecclesiastes. And he says, everything pretty much is vanity. <laughs> everything is meaningless. I would say, yeah, I kind of agree with him, though he wrote this way before our time. Could we not agree and say, man, Solomon, if it was vanity in your day, I wonder what you would say about our day. Everything is vanity. Everything is meaningless. And that's what he says. He says in verse 9, young people, it's wonderful to be young. And he says, enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything that you do. Isn't that a good verse? You should put that in your, if you have a child, put it in your child's bedroom. Enjoy your life. Do what you have to do. Live it up. But remember, you have to answer to God. When my when I got a car for the first time, and I, I worked hard, and I was working, and I wanted to get my first car, so mom said, you want a car? I said, yes. She says, you need to work. So I worked all ninth grade. I worked all 10th grade. I worked all 11th grade, getting to my senior year. I saved up money. I was a baseball umpire. And I saved up all my money, and I said, yes, I have enough. I think it was like $2,000. 
And I, and I said, um, I said, I'm going to buy this car. And I bought a, uh, well, I preached on this one time. I don't know if you remember, this was years ago. I talked about we don't trade Toyota. That was, that was actually the title of my message. But it was a Toyota Corolla 89 hatchback. But look, look at, <laughs> look how beautiful this car was that in my school, my buddy who used to do graffiti, he did a nice piece for it with her name. And she had a name. And my, my car's name actually was called Granny. And uh, so you can imagine how she looked like if her name was Granny. That was my first car, and she got the name Granny. And I loved it. Do you remember my white car? And I would pack up that car, and we would do things, and it was, it was cool. But I remember that my brother-in-law came up to me. Pastor Leo one time came up to me, he walked into my room, and he closed the doors, and he looked at me in the eyes. He says, congratulations on your new car. He says, you have freedom now in your new car. You could go wherever you want. You could do whatever you want. No one will ever know because you could get to A to B. He goes, but I'm going to warn you right now. And may these words always ring in your ear when you go out in your car. And it was so beautiful that he told me that. He says, remember that when you feel you could do whatever you want now because of this car, remember that God is there and God is watching. So as much as you want, might want to do whatever you want, you better be held accountable and know that the Lord is present in that car. So what he's giving you, don't let him take it away from you. And, you know, it was crazy because, you know, you will get tempted in that car. And I would always hear my brother-in-law's voice like, don't do it. God. And it was like, I can't. You know, this is weird. This is not the place. You guys with me? Young people, <laughs> rejoice. Do what you want to do. Enjoy life. Every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. That, that, that verse is for the young and for the old. That, that, that's a beautiful scripture. It's a beautiful scripture to remind ourselves. We need to enjoy life, but we need to enjoy life through God's heart. There's a way of enjoying life, not as the world enjoys it. But we enjoy life the way God wants us to enjoy it. Why? Because he's the one that created it for us. He created everything, the hills, the valleys. He created it all, and he wants you to enjoy it. And he wants you to enjoy it with his heart, not with the heart of this world. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 10. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. I mean, man, Solomon. It's all vanity. So as much as you aim for it and all that, recognize that on this earth, if it, it, it's... If it's founded on this earth, if it's stuff that, that you enjoy here, it's vanity, it's meaningless. It, there's, this is just, how many of us know this? It's scripture, it's biblical. This is just a shadow of the greater things. And if we live for the shadow, you're going to miss out on the greater things. We don't, we don't what? We don't um, uh, uh, put all our account, we don't, we don't empty our account and, and invest in the shadow? Our our. Our awe is in the greater things. It's, it's in what the shadow represents. It's in his kingdom. It's for a greater. And that's what Solomon's heart is trying to say here. And that's what he's, that's what he's writing on, on this paper. That's what he's writing on what we're reading. And he's speaking specifically here. You can see that the theme is young people. And what is he doing? He's encouraging them to learn the lesson that he had learned. That he had learned throughout his life. And when you read these verses, you might look at it and say, oh my goodness, Solomon is giving young people an invitation to live sinfully. 
But then you read it wrong. Solomon is not giving the invitation to young people or even to any of us, though we're older, to live sinfully in sensual pleasures. Instead, he's urging us, he's urging people to what? Enjoy themselves completely while not forgetting that God will review the quality of your life. Enjoy life, but remember that the Lord will review the quality of your life. He's not throwing an invitation like enjoy life and and go live in sin. That's not what he's doing, not at all. Enjoy life and remember that the Lord will measure you one day. The ruler will come out one day. You will stand before his books one day. You will stand before his presence. Enjoy life though. That's a beautiful reminder. It's a beautiful thing that this man would tell us this. Fathers, go back to this chapter. Study it and teach it to your children. Teach it to your children. Speak it to your children so that they could recognize that this life that we live, it's for a greater purpose. There's greater reasons behind it. Hallelujah. Lord, that I would not just get lost in enjoying this life, but that Lord in me would become a greater person as I'm living through this life and in this life. And it's a beautiful thing. It's, I'm glad I was able to get into Ecclesiastes chapter 11 as we speak about opportunity. In the beginning of all this, I, I think it was in that first week, I started to speak about the parable of the virgins. We didn't turn to it. But I quickly just spoke over it, and I'm going to do that again today. And I believe uh, Max came last week, and he began to speak about the parable of the talents. So I started to think about those two stories again. And I said, man, let's, let's think about that for a moment. The parable of the virgins and the parable of the talents, they're, they're different in a sense when you, when you read them through. And you could do that tonight and throughout this week. Go ahead and study them. But these are both parables, if you read it, you'll recognize that they deal with being ready. They deal with being ready. Make sure you're, what's the word? Ready. Both parables are different, but yet both deal about readiness. We, we, we spoke about ten virgins, and if you remember, five were ready for the bridegroom. Five were ready, and they came because they had oil in their lamps, and, and yet five were not because they didn't have oil in their lamps, and they ran out, and they went to go by, and when he came, they weren't there, and Remember that story? Remember that parable? That's, it's one that Jesus taught. Everyone was waiting, but only five of the ten were ready to go into the wedding. Everyone was waiting. Everyone was waiting, but only five. You see, what I love about this is that just because we're all waiting, it does not mean that we're all ready. And that's something that we need to make sure, especially during this time that we're living in. Oh, you know, a very popular phrase that is being said today is, oh, we're just waiting for the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord is quickly. Any moment now, it's going to happen. How many of you have heard that at some point in the last 10 months? It's coming. That's fine. Keep on waiting. But the question is not, hey, are you waiting? The question is, hey, are you ready? Because waiting does not make you ready. Being ready will allow you to enjoy the waiting. See that? And that's what we need to make sure we understand. Don't decode so much. Don't decode. Don't read the skies so much that you're not ready. Just live ready. 
So then that way as you're waiting, you're also enjoying life. You know how many people are not enjoying life today? But instead, we could flip it on the world and say, wait a minute, there is a group of people that with everything that's going on, we could still enjoy life today because we're living ready. We're ready for whatever may come. We're ready for whatever may happen. How is it? Aren't you waiting for the coming of the Lord? Yes, since my great-great-grandmother has been saying it. They've all been saying it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. Our responsibility is in the waiting to always be ready. Just ready. Have a ready lifestyle. Responsible readiness. <coughs> that it's built up in you. Readiness. Say readiness. Readiness. What an awesome word that is. Lord, make us ready so that we could enjoy waiting. If we're not ready, waiting is going to be unbearable. If we're not ready, waiting is going to be, ugh, it's going to be rough. You're going to hate people. You're going to hate life. If you're not ready, waiting stinks. But if you're ready, the waiting is just a bonus. It's a plus. I hope you understand that. Five were not because they, they didn't have. Ten. Ten were waiting, but five of them were ready to go into the wedding. The whole point of this parable is that, is to talk about readiness. To, or another word that we could use for readiness is what? To be prepared. I think preparedness, is that a word? If it's not, well, today it will be. Preparedness, I believe it is. Preparedness. Readiness. And it's emphasizing on waiting, this story. And it's really waiting for the coming king. Looking for the coming of the Lord. Anticipating his return. Amen? Waiting for his return. Anticipating his Return, but prepared and ready. Preparedness and ready. Yes, the emphasis was on waiting. It was on that internal heart, that internal attitude of the heart that longs for the coming of the Lord. It's like what Revelation says, when it says that the spirit and the bride, right, cry, come, come quickly. It's the internal attitude of the heart that is anticipating and longs for just the Lord's coming. And then you look at the parable of the talents. You have the parable of the ten virgins, the five that were prepared and ready, and then you have the parable of the talents. It's not an emphasis on waiting. It's an emphasis, now it changes, on working. One was on waiting, the other one's on working. Working. Let's talk about working now. Working. How many of you work, 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 work it? You, you work it, and some of you work it well. The, this whole emphasis is on working. While we're waiting, and while we're looking, and while we're watching, but guess what? The Lord is also giving us an opportunity, or if you want to use the word responsibility, that we're also what? In the midst of waiting and looking and watching, we're also to be serving. And that's what the parable of the talent, or the talents, sorry, emphasizes. And together they provide for us this perfect picture or, or, or what we would call a perfect balance of living in anticipation of the second coming. What, what do you mean? That we're both what? That we're ready and we're working. We're ready and we're working. If you're not ready while you're working, does your working have any weight, any fruit to it? It's the working that is coming from the place of preparedness and readiness. We, and that is what these two parables teach us. 
the parable of the talents and the parable of the ten virgins, they teach us that we are to be ready and we are to be what? Working. Not just ready and waiting, doing nothing. It's ready and working. What does that mean? What am I trying to really get inside of you? I'm trying to tell you is that all of us, all of you, me and you, all of us included, we are all called to do something right now during this time. What an opportunity you and I have. You have an opportunity. Opportunity to what? I don't know. You have a whole month to pray and fast about it. In February, start now. We are ready and we are working. I pray that some of you will start new ministries here. I pray that some of you will say, hey, I need to talk to you. God's stirring up my heart for something. If you know anything about me, most of the time I'm just going to give it a green light. All right, cool, let's do it. Just do it. I pray that many of you will start hungering for souls this year. That people say, hey, how come the church is filling up? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm just preaching on Sundays. Ask the church what they're doing. They're, they're ready and they're working and they're bringing people and they're saving people. And they're, the mask never stopped them from what? From preaching. I pray that this mask that we wear has not also shut your words of giving the gospel to people. Ah, that, that regardless of the restrictions and the regardless of what they're telling us to do, there is still a gospel to be preached. There is still a kingdom that is to come. And, and what is your responsibility? What is your opportunity in it? Like, what, what are you, what are you, are you ready? And are you working? How many of you can say amen? Ready and working. Ready and working. We do not live in anticipating, anticipation of the second coming only like, like virgins. Or bridesmaid waiting for the ceremony to begin with nothing to do. All dressed up, nowhere to go, just waiting for it to start. That would be what we would say unhealthy anticipation or maybe um, imbalanced. Unhealthy, imbalanced anticipation. But while we are looking and while we are anticipating, listen to this, and while we are waiting, we are also working. Amen? We're also working. We're also what? Serving. We're also making most of our opportunity and stewardship. Magnifying the very role that God has given us to serve him. Amen? And when one of those things is overemphasized or when one of those things is lost... The Christian experience, the Christian encounter, us with what we're doing with the Lord, it becomes unhealthy. It becomes what we would call maybe out of balance. A few years ago, I, I preached about a imbalanced and balanced Christianity and what that word may mean in this context. But that we are waiting and working. People who are no longer looking for the second coming, listen, but spending all their time working in the world have lost a perspective that is necessary for healthiness, for balance, for the right lifestyle. People who are always looking and looking and looking and waiting and waiting and not bothering to be working. Not bothering to be working. Let's change the word if you want because you don't like the way that sounds. Not bothering to be serving. Uh, I want to share this. I, th I think it was... I have no idea if this is going to even make sense. But this is Nest Church. This is how we do things right now. 
me a sec. I'm going to share something with you. I'll give up. Uh, today's my mom's birthday. I'll give her. Let's give, let's give a hand and give a shout out to mom. Today's her birthday. And she listens to all our messages. And I love you, mom. And happy birthday. And may many more years be given in health, prosperity, grace. Hallelujah. But she posted something today, this morning, from someone else. Uh, I believe it was Steve Besner. And he wrote this down. It's pretty cool. Sometimes I joke about what I'd do if I had one day left to live. Think about, can you just think about that? What would you do if you had one more day to live? Sometimes I joke about what I'd do if I had one day left to live. Some of you are like, I know what I'd do. So this person writes, eat, eat junk, go crazy, and then he puts et cetera, et cetera, so whatever that means. You can fill in your own blank. But look what he says next. Today, it hit me. Jesus knew, and he washed feet. What would you do if you had one more day to live? Jesus knew he had one more day to live. And he decided today, on my last day on this earth, on my last day with them, I'm going to wash feet. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. But are we not bothering to put any work to it? The Bible, over and over, is so clear that life is but a vapor. I woke up this morning and there was mist all over. It was very foggy. The ground was, you, we couldn't put the, the rug outside because it was all wet. There was wetness, mist all over the floor. My car was full of mist. You go outside right now. Within minutes, I started driving my car. The mist is gone. Life is but a vapor. Life is but a mist. It's quick and it passes. One moment you're here, you're a youth. One moment you blink, you're an adult. One moment you blink, you're a grandparent. One moment you blink, and maybe the end of your life. It's just fast. And here we are on this earth, and we're looking, we're looking, we're waiting, waiting, but are we putting it to work? Or have we lost the very importance of working while we wait? Living with the anticipation of, Lord, come, come quickly. But as you are on your time, I'm going to put all my efforts into working. Working on this field that you've called me to work on. Amen? My call is not to not do anything Take my hand off the plow. My call is not to look back. And when I say my call, I speak for myself, but hopefully I can speak for all of us. Life is but a vapor. Life is quick. It's passing us. And our time that we take here and the plow that I'm putting it to work on the field, I can't look back and say, yeah, but you know, the past just had, I can't do that. And I can't take off my hand and say, I just, I think I've done enough plowing in my life. The president of our fellowship, one of the reasons why I admire him so much and I love him, is because he has taken upon himself, David Barlock, to over 40 years ago, 
to start a, one church in Puerto Rico from being a, what he would call himself a gringo from a small town in Ohio. And at that time, it was him and his wife and his first child. To the point where his first child was sick because of the conditions that they were living in and they were living on top of a, of a market, a, a, a plaza with Puerto Rico with loud music playing until 2 or 3 in the morning. So they were living with headaches and sickness. Until the point that the wife says, hey, you heard from God. And you brought us here. And so God doesn't do something. If God doesn't do something, we have to leave. I'm not going to let my son die here in Puerto Rico because of the condition that we're living in. And from one moment to another, as he cried out to the Lord, um, it blew up in which now we have churches all throughout Puerto Rico, Central America, here in the United States, pastors all over. And I took one man's faithfulness to say, Lord, I'm waiting. I know you called me to this and the circumstances around me look dim. My son is sick on his bed. My wife is threatening me, saying she's going to leave and go back home, that maybe I did not hear from you. I know you called me here and waiting and waiting. And the Lord honored his waiting. And I believe it's because he lived with a lifestyle of readiness. And when it was time to go, we began to see churches 40-something years ago be planted, starting in Puerto Rico, and from there um, reaching this side of the globe. And it's a beautiful story. And this is over 40-something years ago. This man is now in his mid-60s, entering his late 60s. He's older. He's got issues that come with age, but he's still full of strength and full of wisdom. And people ask him all the time, when are you, you going to retire? He's made money for himself that was given from his father-in-law when he passed, and he could easily retire and live good for the rest of his life and so on. And they ask him all the time, when, when, when are you going to retire? When are you going to stop doing what you're doing, you're traveling, you're visiting churches, you're pastoring pastors, you continue to lead this movement and what God is doing for over 40-something years, why don't you hand it off already? But in his heart, he doesn't understand how he, if he's still alive and still has his mind and still has strength to do it, how do I just retire? How do I just hang up that which God has called me to do? And one of the things that he always speaks to our pastors when we all come together is the beauty of, I'm not going to be done with this. I'm not going to be finished with this until the Lord takes me home. Until the Lord takes me home, I'm still called to work this the way I'm called to work it, to serve in the way that I'm called. And that's an honorable thing because many people get to a certain age and they say what Omar opened up with. Oh, maybe now I'll live the American dream and I'll just retire. And what was he said? Pick up, collect um, shells in a retired home by the beach. And, he's, and, and, and we say, don't settle for that life. Don't settle for that life when there's so much more for the kingdom to do, even at your older age when you get there. And I love that because it's teaching young pastors. You know, I started at 26 years old when we started this church. And it's, it's teaching young pastors and even the older pastors to what? To keep the fight. This is to the death. This is to the end. We don't serve God until a certain a certain amount has hit our bank account. We don't serve God we, only until a certain thing is given to us. We, we serve God until the end. We wait it out and we work until it's over. We just continue. And that's a beautiful reminder. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to us? 
Don't just look, 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 wait, 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 and not bothering to work, work, work. Today's message is titled, Opportunity 2021, Waiting and Working. Waiting and Working. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here. I feel between, to be honest with you, <clears throat> between worship and the word that the Lord brought forth and this message, I think God's given us a lot of stuff to go on and really ponder and speak to ourselves about. Hopefully you heard from the Lord this morning. If you have not heard from the Lord this morning, let's schedule a meeting because we got to talk about ears that hear. Amen? Did you guys hear what I just said? If, you're not, if you did not hear from the Lord, let's schedule a meeting because we need to talk about ears that hear. Um, and that's very important. Hopefully that you heard, some, you heard from the Lord today. I want to close up, and then once I close up, Char will come up and she'll encourage us with some announcements there. But I want to close up with a, a very known uh, scripture in Isaiah. And I just thought it was funny when, when I was thinking about this message. I thought it was so interesting, the words that were chosen for it. It's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. You, you know this verse. Let's, let's put it up on the screen if we can. Look at, look at this. In, in my notes, it looks a little different because I have certain things like um, bolded and highlighted, whatever, things like that. But I want you to catch this for a moment. He says, those who what? Amen. We talked about waiting and working. Those who wait on the Lord. Waiting and working. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They're waiting on the Lord. And these things are promised to them. They're going to find strength. But I love that in the waiting, it says they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I just thought that was funny. Interesting. Wait on the Lord and you shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. I like this verse because this verse is a reminder that as we wait, there's also an opportunity to work. That as you wait and you're living in the stillness of the Lord, there's also a great call for you to work it. To run and do not grow weary. I'm going to say something right now that I hope it challenges some of you. I love you, but I have to be very honest with you. You shall walk and you should not faint. Let's pause for a moment. If you're weary while you're running, if you are fainting while you're walking, there is a problem in your waiting. Okay? So before you give up, before you throw in the towel, and before you stop serving the Lord, you weren't called to that. You actually called to run without being weary. You're actually called to walk without fainting. Don't think that your next step has to be to stop walking. Don't think that your next step has to be to stop running. It might mean to investigate the attitude and the heart of the waiting. So that way you could run well and you could walk well without growing weary and without growing faint. How many of you could say amen to that? Maybe you're weary today. Maybe you're fainting today. 
But I will say that that is not what the Lord wants. That's not the end. This is a beautiful time to say, let me examine the quietness. Let me examine the waiting. Let me examine what's happening with me and God, God and me. Let me examine those intimacy moments. Could this be the reason why I'm running and I feel like I'm not getting anywhere? Like I'm walking, but I'm never arriving. Could your non-arrival, could it be caused because of this lack of what's happening in your heart, what's not happening in your heart? in this process of living in the waiting. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew strength, will mount up with wings like eagles, shall run and not be weary, shall walk and not faint. Amen? I have a big, not a big, a paragraph, an article, a, a paragraph from Andrew Murray. If you know anything about Andrew Murray, he was a big preacher and he specialized in prayer. He has a book about prayer. He has a book about a lot of stuff, but he was an old school preacher in the 1800s. <clears throat> Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just share it next week. I'll open up with it. But it deals with, with everything that we're talking about today. But for the sake of time, I want to just leave you right here in Isaiah 40 and really hopefully that that sits on you a special way today and ask you these questions for you to answer on your own right there where you're at. And it's basically, what will you decide today? What will you, what will you be ready and work towards today? Will it be fruitful? Will it be a great harvest where the hope is alive in you that you would declare this year as the year of opportunity as we have as a church? Opportunity 2021 that this would be the year that you decide I'm going to put things to work. I'm going to grow my family. I'm going to grow myself. I mean, you could say that. I'm going to grow this church. I'm going to grow a friend. This is going to be the year. Opportunity 2021. I'm not going to take it lightly. I'm going to work while I'm waiting. I'm going to work. I'm going to please the Father's heart. Amen? Can you stand with me there for a moment and let's just come before him. Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, because I believe that you have spoken to us. I believe you've spoken to us truly in a, in a special way today in a deep way, in an intimate way. I believe your word has come out and it's come out very clear to us. And I pray that we would not take it lightly, not once. I pray, Lord, that there be much fruit going forward in our lives because we've learned how to work while waiting. We've learned to be ready. We've learned to be prepared. We've learned to wait on the Lord 
and to run and not grow weary. We learn to wait on the Lord and to walk and not grow faint. I pray for this church. I pray for every single person that's here, those that are not here. I pray that everyone would hear this message at some point, that someone would share it with someone else. And I pray that this would encourage someone to stand up again, to run and run well again, walk and walk well again. I pray that if there's someone that has lost themselves because of weariness, because of being faint, that they will pick it up again, that they would find themselves again in you. I pray that you would, your word would be an encouragement to us and that it would bring forth much health going forward in our lives, Lord. Jesus, I thank you for this moment. Jesus, I thank you for this time. I pray right there where you're at that you receive this word. I pray not only that you receive it, but as you're there right there and you're still right there, I pray that you would receive it and that you would put it to work. That you receive this word, but that you would also put it to action. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. You're so good. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you, Lord. As, as we're in this moment, with, as you're meditating there, I just want to make sure if there's someone that maybe you just need prayer today. We just want to pray before we close off. We would hate to close off and you just needed to be prayed with and prayed for today. We want to give you that opportunity. Don't worry about who's around you. If you just feel heavy and you just know that you need prayer today, we want to give you that opportunity today to, to receive prayer from brothers and sisters as you're in it's you're in the moment right there of being still. Is there anyone here that just says, I just, I just need prayer today. Can, I want to come up. I just want to surrender myself right now. If there's anyone, I, I, I invite you to do that. And I welcome you to just come up here before uh, we close up with announcements and prayer and stuff like that. Amen. Let's take about, let's take about two minutes or three or whatever. And uh, if you've, if you're led, just stretch out your hands. Maybe you're good and everything's well with you. Then amen. That means that maybe as you're, you could worship the Lord right now, but maybe you could stretch out your hands and pray for, for these individuals and say, Lord, as they're up there, just we just pray for them. We just pray for them. We pray strength. We pray hope, encouragement. Just begin to pray for them. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Just pray for them. And um, just worship the Lord. Let's spend a few minutes doing that and then uh, Charlene will come up here and close us off. Amen. Hallelujah.